0: Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Colony Drop a Gundam podcast. My name is Brian, my co-pilot is Isaac, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to Mobile Suit Gundam. And today we're going to finish off our review of Mobile Suit Gundam the 8th MS Team, one of my personal favorites. So let's get right back to it. All right, let's head back to Zeon. How about uh, Mr. Mr. Norris Packard?
1: Ah, uh, Norris, who was a father to Ina, pretty much. Except, he clearly loves Ina and cares for her in a way that her brother doesn't share with Norris. Maybe they just never had that relationship for whatever reason. But Norris, God, he was such a cool guy. I don't know what it is or how they picked their goof pilots, but... (laughs) If you're in a goof, you're generally a good guy, right? You're like, a, <laughs> you're like not only a great pilot, but like you try to protect your own people, and you're very, um, on the Xeon scale, you're very close to the uh, the compassionate side.
0: <laughs> that's a good point. You know, Ron Morale, yeah. Norris Packard. I agree. It that's yeah. a that's a good that's a good observation. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that before.
1: Goof pilots have to score pretty high on like <laughs> the the empathy the empathy test or something.
0: <laughs> he was just very mature, but he was also a great pilot. He always did very well in whatever combat exercise he was doing. You know, he, he survived in Izaku against the 8th team. Uh, you know, he took a few lumps, but um, still walked away without dying. So that's a win when you're in Izaku against a Gundam. And then, yeah, like you said, you know, he was... Ina admitted that she viewed him as a father, and that was when he made the decision to sort of make his last stand uh, as, a, as a suicide uh, mission to protect the Kurgrin. Real shame that, that his sacrifice went to waste at the, at the end. When Guineas broke the truce and the GM sniper fired on the Xanderbar, really made Norris's death be be in vain. But yeah, I mean, the way he chewed through the eighth team and all those gun tanks was, oh God, was just amazing. <laughs> definitely one of the better pilots we've seen in a Gundam in a Gundam series. And even though he died, he didn't really lose. like he he wasn't even trying to kill Shiro at the end. He was trying to yeah. kill the last gun tank, and that's what he did. So, while he died, he didn't lose the battle. He actually won the battle, even though the his objective was sort of nullified after the fact by a outside cause. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Norris Packard, definitely one of the best Zeon pilots around. And, uh, you know, I think when people love Zeon, I think they like the Norris Packards more than the the Sahalins. Excuse
1: me. Both fought
0: for the glory of Zeon. <laughs> 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 how, how dare you say such things.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ghirin is listening. Uh, <laughs> is he? What I mean, what what's also great about him is this guy can pilot anything, right? At one point, he pilots one of those dinky little Zeon fire fireplanes.
0: <laughs> the dops. You know?
1: Yeah, those hideous things.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep, he pilots a dop. He pilots a, a Zaku. He, he finally gets his, his go at the end. So yeah. I
1: wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I mean, why didn't we just have him pilot
0: the obsolete? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? I mean... Yeah, what happened in the paperwork or the red tape where that was impossible?
0: I don't know. I feel like Guineas is probably really
1: oh you, god, tech, yeah. yeah, that nut. He's so controlling. He's like, only my blood may pilot my creation. <laughs> or
0: like that. Well, think about it. I mean, when we first see the I don't think it has two seats in it. But then at the end, he he puts a seat in there for himself. So I don't think he wanted Norris you know, piloting that.
1: Well, who cares if Norris is in there with his sister? I mean. They're yeah, both great true. pilots. You just doubled, you know, the expertise and power of your own aircraft by by putting you just made your mobile suit twice as good by putting two great <laughs> pilots in it.
0: Yeah, that's true. What
1: the hell, what the hell is Guineas doing in the, in the in the mobile suit anyway, like checking the power levels?
0: <laughs> oh, like, looks good here. Yeah. Fire the weapon.
1: Typing in some code into a screen.
0: <laughs> he does type very fast based on the the visual yeah. evidence in this show. <laughs> Uh, all right, and the last young character was Rear Admiral Yuri. This was the guy that pissed Guineas off. Oh, boy.
1: what did he ever.
0: This guy, you know, I felt like, and maybe this is a result of the episodes coming out very far apart, but when we first meet him in episodes, and maybe, I don't know, first we meet him definitely in the first three episodes or so, he's a pretty creepy, like, lecherous guy. Like, he hits on oh. Ina after acknowledging that he knew her as a child, uh, at this like ball or, or it's like dancing where everyone's dressed up formally and he like looks straight at her boobs and it's just it's like who does that if that's you, clearly he's clearly much older than her you know he knew her when she was like a child that's just this is weird yeah. but I feel like the, I feel like the version of Yuri towards the end of the show is much different he's he's more respectable at the end when he's trying to get the Odessa uh, you know remnant soldiers evacuated you know he lets the the Magella attack squadron go out, which I loved that, I loved those guys, and then you know he he gets killed by Guineas, uh, so as well as the entire Magella attack squad, uh, which is really unfortunate. But again, kind of a weird character. I don't know. What did you think of Yuri?
1: Yes, I understand that he's been under a lot of stress, and maybe he hasn't been with a woman <laughs> in a long time as he has fled Odessa. Um, but yeah, I don't think he that, really, I don't
0: think that's true. He has that uh, secretary,
1: uh, who Guineas captures. You got me there. <laughs> I don't know, Brian. He's just a crude guy. Like just all around, he's crude. There's no reason to act that way at this formal gathering. But he did it anyways, and well, he paid for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. He was
1: in that. He was in that tunnel when when Guineas decided to blow it. All the yeah. men that he saved ended up just getting swatted out of the sky by the. Uh, the gym sniper so
0: yeah guineas got his revenge for sure
1: i i I really don't have anything good to say about yuri except i guess to an extent he looked after his men but at the same time he needs his men to survive (laughs) so it was (laughs) look look further into it 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 was clearly self-interest He's not that nice of a guy for anybody. That's like, oh no, he was a father to his men and blah blah blah. It's like, no no no, no. You're reading too much into this. Who knows what nonsense this lecherous <laughs> buffoon was up to when he was running the show in Europe? You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, he had a very like macho y design as well. Was that to
1: because like sleeveless? Him?
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah so
1: how they were friends, right? Is that the implication? Like they. He said, I, "Oh, we we used to be friends. How? Yeah, <laughs> I don't they, see them in the same <laughs> classes together at whatever Zeon University they went to.
0: Maybe, maybe the military academy or something like that. I, I do remember that as well, and I had the same thought of like these two don't seem like they would run in the in the same circle. So it would have to be in some sort yeah. of school environment where you're you're forced to interact with people who maybe normally you wouldn't be friends with.
1: Maybe Genius doesn't seem like he would even be in the military, like." His family's supposed to be some type of, you know, movers and shakers in Xeon. So I assume they, he was a scientist, and they handed him a uniform and said, "Congratulations, you're now also an admiral."
0: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, could be. I mean, if you make the ops list, then you're, you're gonna move up quickly, right?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no fleets around for him to command. He's <laughs> it's kind of just a like a nominal rank, I guess, or something.
0: Yeah. And the last character I had on my list was Kiki and all of her village Kiki. friends. <laughs> so i i I mean i I know you called her like maybe the annoying spunky character yeah but i I don't know kiki grew on me over the over the course of the show i think she was a a good addition to the cast in terms of connecting our our eighth ms team to the civilian population you know around these jungles um she was actually pretty useful to the team you know throughout the show so definitely Mm -hmm. wasn't like a useless character which, you know, I think the the characters that you're talking about where you they crop up a lot, they they do tend to be somewhat useless in a lot of shows. And I, I, I feel like she at least wasn't that. So I enjoyed Kiki.
1: Uh, she was definitely different than what we normally see. We don't really see, like, the little guerrilla resistance member. But, I don't know, to an extent she kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not a big Kiki fan. Sorry to any listeners that are big Kiki fans. and know she's, you know... <laughs> essentially the the personality of a cat right except with missiles and rpgs but um yeah i understand what she had to be in the show and what she brought to the show but yeah i, I could have done with a little less kiki and then the show would still be strong
0: she has a great name kiki rosita i mean <laughs> that's an ass-kicking name if i've ever heard one
1: i know it's a future but are there a lot of uh, a lot of rositas in southeast asia <laughs>
0: Look, man. Maybe she's an immigrant. Okay. Yeah. After the the the, the great
1: Spanish immigration of uh, <laughs> of 2059 <laughs> to
0: Southeast Asia. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the mobile suits.
1: You know what, Brian? We had to start with the star of the show. The star of the show, Brian.
0: All right. What did
1: you think of Gundam EZ8?
0: So Gundam Easy Eight did not make my list of top five One Year War suits, but it definitely is one of my favorites. Didn't make it top oh. five, but it's up there. Are um, you saying it's a six or
1: possible? It, it's top ten or a six?
0: Top ten, top ten. Okay, all yeah. right, respectable, respectable and sir. Probably the reason is the Easy Eight has a great design within the context of this series. I, I don't know that it's the best design, you know, from the One Year War as a whole, but in this sort of very Vietnam War film show, the Easy Eight fits the part and looks great, and it's ba- you know it's badass pretty much every time it's on on screen. From the fight with uh, Norris, you know again where Shiro rips his arm off and you know, beats Norris with it. It has some things we don't normally see in Gundam. You know it doesn't have the normal V fin. It has the the antenna, which is much more just militaristic looking. It's got a very simple color scheme. It's got uh, beam sabers in the hip, which is pretty neat, and. You know then when Shiro goes all out with it uh, at the end with the Obsolsk, when it's flying through the sky, trying to you know stab the obsolsk, it gets melted by that GM sniper, just Shiro puts his normal rx seventy nine and his easy eight just through a ton of abuse through this show. and uh, I don't know, I just I really enjoyed that suit. I think it was perfect for Shiro, who is a guy that gets down and dirty, does whatever <laughs> it takes to win um, and and that thing takes a beating and, there's nothing left of that thing by the end of the show, because no. it, it takes it takes. <laughs> first, he rips his own arm off. Then half of the half of the suit gets melted by the GM sniper, and then it takes a point blank shot from the obsless and falls into that like crater slash volcano, whatever it is. Right. Uh, so I don't. Know, I love the easy. What did you think about it?
1: Okay, as you know, I as our listeners know also, I prefer Xeon mobile suits. But what I really like about the EZ-8 is how different it looks than our usual Gundams, which are, you know, they, they slap on the colors of the rainbow on most Gundams, right? <laughs> um, they're, they're just... The EZ-8 is almost militarily believable, right? It, it almost has, like, an urban combat look to it, you know, the color scheme and all that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Speaking of the color scheme, something I wrote down in my notes is that Tamino originally envisioned, as you recall, uh, Brian, he originally envisioned the Gundam as being all white, or at least mostly white. And I feel like the designers of the EZ-8 probably made it look this way to sort of harken back to that original look. What do you think? Do you think that might have been a reasoning for why it's predominantly, you know, white and lighter colored?
0: Could be, yeah. I think that would make sense. I mean, if you're the animators or the the mecha designer, you and you're trying to come up with this show, you know, you have to make a Gundam look recognizable. And I think that's how we got the, uh, you know, the normal RX-79, the Ground Gundam, um, which it still looks like a Gundam, but it's a little more militaristic looking. And then when you get the opportunity to do your mid-show upgrade. That's where you, that's where they make their move and and get the the full on militaristic Gundam in there uh, and, and you know and I think that's what they did with the EZ8 like you said they made it sort of all one color which is probably what we would see in the real world yeah. um, if a Gundam existed you know it probably wouldn't have you know, you know blues and yellows and stuff but um, maybe but but yeah I think that's a that sounds reasonable to me I, I believe that.
1: Yeah, I really liked um, how much weight it had too. It really it's not a Gundam that's, you know, doing backflips over, over Zaku's, you know, and then slicing them with a beam saber. Right. It's it's almost plodding. It's you really get the weight of it. The design looks like it's heavy with the backpack and all that. It it just came off as a very good and grounded design for a series that was really focused on grounded guerrilla type combat in jungle environments
0: agree well how about it's it's lesser or the normal <laughs> version of it the rx 79 the ground gundam
1: the ground gundam i wasn't too much of a fan of just because i didn't care much for the design really <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was a little meh were you really impressed by the design or wowed by it or
0: um no i definitely wasn't wowed i mean I think it fits very well as as a gundam in this show um, but compared to other Gundams, I, it's not my it's not my favorite or anything. I think within the tone and the setting of this show, I think it I think it makes sense for a Gundam to look like that. You know, it looks like a workhorse, performs like a workhorse. I enjoyed it, but yeah, definitely not near my top ten at all for the One Year War. No,
1: I would rather buy an EZ8 than I would a Ground Gundam. Let me put it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. I do have two Master Grade RX79s and the EZ8. They were all on sale for like eight dollars each or something on Amazon, so I grabbed good them all Lord. to make to make an eight team. So that is a steal. Yeah, man, it's great. I, they're you, good kits. You, they're solid.
1: Even if you don't want to build like that Gundam, you can clearly turn it into something else with the kit. So
0: yeah, kit bash it. Why not? You know, along the same lines, you know, the, the ground GM looks pretty much like a GM version of the of the arc 79. So I don't know that there's too much to say there. I mean, you, you hate normal GMs. I assume you hate the ground GM even more cause it's even Let more ugly.
1: S- I wouldn't say I hate it, but I mean, <laughs> it's almost second place to the Leo in terms of like interesting Ooh. visual design, right? <laughs> wow. Uh-oh, shots, shots fired. <laughs> I mean, comment below if you like the ground GM or the standard GM. Do you, there's no way there's, uh, there's better things to like, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not that great of a design. So no, I, I was not thrilled about the GM versions in this series. I mean, the GM sniper kind of has the coolest scene, but um, you take away that that sniper laser and it's it's not a model you'd be interested in seeing more of building on your own or learning more about.
0: <laughs> I think the ground GMs, well, maybe not the most exciting design. Again, similar to the RX-79, I think it works for this series because you, you need that sort of the militaristic war film version of the GM. And I think that filled the spot admirably. But like normal GMs, I don't think they're the most exciting thing to look at. But it, it definitely fulfilled its role. And you know, with respect to the GM snipers, since you mentioned that one, like you said, if you, if you take away its gun, it, it really is just a green GM. And really, not much else. <laughs> but that gun was pretty sweet, man.
1: Speaking of sniper, Brian, as a as our Federation GM mobile suit expert, um, did you? Is there any great difference between this version and then the GM sniper from War in the Pocket, or are they essentially the same? The only difference is one's clearly been adapted for Earth, and one's adapted for uh, space combat.
0: Um, that's a good question. Let me look that up. Because this, this the GM yeah. Sniper 2 definitely does not look like the GM Sniper 1.
1: Right. Um, and I must say, this GM Sniper looks like... Uh, literally like a sniper. Like, it dare not move or leave because it needs to stay still <laughs> with that big power pack to use that laser. You know, as for the other GM Snipers, it looks like they were very mobile. Right? At least in the colony. Uh,
0: no, the, the GM Sniper scene here is not really related to the other one i, I don't think the, the the one we see here is is really just a normal gm basically with a gun like a, with, with the beam gun the other gm sniper too i think was developed from uh, one of the other like better versions of a gm like the gm kai or the gm just like some, you know, oh, I see. One, one of those they're not related <laughs> although they, they are both called you know gm sniper and they have so this is them.
1: This is essentially a regular GM, and because of the what a crisis they had developed, you know, facing down the Obsoles, they pretty much probably handed it a powered up a powered up beam rifle. <laughs> well, They'd you go remember find how somewhere
0: dark and like just wait for orders from
1: <laughs> from the commander.
0: <laughs> well, remember, you know, your comparison to the Leo then is maybe pretty apt because remember we were ragging on the Leo for having like a space type and like a whatever else type. And the only difference is they gave it a booster. Well, that's pretty much what happened here. They had a GM and they (laughs) gave it a sniper, rifle, A sniper beam rifle. And they said, well, look, you're a GM sniper now.
1: (laughs) You heard here first, folks, the GM is the Leo of the universal century.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I will say the long beam rifle was pretty cool. It added a lot of suspense and a lot of action to the climax of the show. And um, I wish you know if they ever do like one year war side stories again someday you know I, I wouldn't mind seeing some more GM snipers
1: pretty neat why not can it just put that power pack on its back <laughs> and walk around <laughs> that, that seems like a logical <laughs> next step you know you, right you don't need to stand still but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah seeing it fire was probably one of the greatest scenes at the end right you you think the Zanzibar's gonna make it right and oh this is but it all worked out you know they got to live. But no, this beam comes out of nowhere, this pink laser, and it like it hits the uh, the rear of the the fuselage, I guess, of the Zanzibar, and it cooks it, and it starts like bubbling up. Oh, that was such a cool effect, where like the the metal's like warping mm-hmm. and bubbling up and expanding, and you know everything inside being cooked alive.
0: Yeah, I was gonna but, ask you. So, because it bubbled, do you think that the people died from like melting on the inside before it blew up?
1: Yeah, I I assumed on the inside it would, the explosion happened and then you know that heated the metal on the outside and warped it and it expanded it and then we finally see it you know bubble up and burst.
0: Oh man, what a you know, what a terrible way to go. Heat, yeah,
1: because if you heat the outside, you're gonna feel on the inside, right? I mean, yeah, you know that's like you touch a microwave plate, it's, it's gonna be hot. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's just terrible. So, you know what? That's what you get for running from combat. We should have stayed behind <laughs> and fought side by side with Admiral Sahalin <laughs>
0: to the bitter end
1: <laughs> for the glory of
0: Zeon. For the glory of <laughs>
1: Zeon. Oh my goodness! That's what you get when you lose at Odessa. Let that be a lesson to all you Zaku pilots. Admiral Isaac will not tolerate failure.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, let's move to Zeon. I don't have any other. I don't think there were any other special Federation uh, suits we guessed. saw. <laughs> yeah the ball but the ball's the ball if the GM is a Leo I don't know I want to yeah. know what the, what the ball is
1: may I say that Shiro really showed that like in a ball you, with a good pilot you can go toe to toe with most <laughs> any mobile
0: <student>. that's <laughs> right? true
1: but skill not skill is, is <laughs> very huge skill is better than technology yeah Yeah, but
0: not everyone is Shiro Amada so.
1: no no for a non-new type he was a damn good pilot
0: he was yeah all right. On the Xeon side, I mean, we saw you know the usual suspects. We saw some Zaku ones, some Zaku twos, yeah. some Doms. Anything, anything to add on on our usual suspects before we get to the unique stuff from this series?
1: We see perhaps one of the most hideous creations ever brought about in the Gundam series. Say it with me, Brian. <laughs> the Gog tank.
0: No. Oh.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> Gog. <laughs>
0: The Zaku tank. Okay, the you're Zaku right. You're tank. Right. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> How dare you insult our valiant Gog troops <laughs> that died at The Gog. It's just so fat. It's pretty stupid, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the other one, the uh, okay. Zaku tank, which okay. I understand. They, I understand they threw it together. Right, and the crisis is what it is, and we have to make do. But man, it is ugly. But for whatever reason, people make models of them.
0: Yeah, man, people love the one year war. So you'll find people build models of Zaku tank. This, you know, there's. I don't think we put it in the episode, but there was a ton of different Zaku tank variants. You know, there's not just one. So people love the Zaku tank. You know, there's, there's Zaku tank fans out there. So if you comment below. If you like a tank.
1: It certainly looks different. I'm just, <laughs> I think it's kind of
0: hideous. What it, do you
1: get by like having something so tall on like tank treads? It's just going to get <laughs> shot and easily.
0: <laughs> it is, it is pretty hideous, but I think that's the point in this show, right? It's just, yeah. just they cobbled it together with, with whatever they had. Cause I mean, you know, we saw that there's bits of mobile suits laying around all over the place. And so if, if, if you want to use something, maybe that's all you have and, and you create a tank out of it, I guess. I don't know.
1: I suppose so, but man,
0: boy, is it hideous. <laughs> so you're saying this is not on your top ten list of Xeon one year war mobile suits?
1: I'm going to say no. It's <laughs> It might be
0: on mobile suits I wish I didn't see. <laughs> Anything unlike the, the usual Zakus or the Doms or...
1: There, there really isn't much to say about these um, for anybody watching the series. I mean, it's, you know, it's a dom, it's a ground type dom on Earth. It's their ground type Zaku's on Earth. Some of them get kind of beaten up and look, you know, unique because they've clearly been through combat. But aside from that, there's nothing too special about them. Brian mentioned that we do see one use uh, anti-personnel weapon. Um, we, that's obviously not used really in space. I assume. Well, we've never seen it, but. Um, yeah, aside from that, it's it's Xeon by the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah.
0: So we do get some cool, unique suits to the series. So the first being the Goof flight type, which I don't know that we see that in many other series. I think it does re- it, it does pop up in Unicorn, if I remember right, in like the Battle of Torrington when we get to see sort of yeah. like every mobile suit under the sun. But I think the Goof flight type has one of the coolest like silhouettes of a mobile suit. Like, I don't know, it's just something about those oh, yeah. flared legs. Just it's it's super cool. I don't know. I really like it. So what's yeah. your take from a Xeon perspective?
1: Oh man, the shoulders too. The shoulders do it for me, Brian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are pretty oh, cool.
0: Oh those shoulders.
1: Yeah. If you even look at its backpack, it's got like little wings on the backpack. But um, you know, Brian, I've said this before. I'm not a goof guy. <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't know what it is. I guess I'm just too loyal to the Doms and the Zakus, even though a Goof is pretty close to a Zaku. Man, this thing is awesome. I want a model.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I wonder if they make a model of this thing. They
1: do. They do. And I even like the colors, right? Because we don't see this too much from Xeon. It's almost, I will, it's, cl- it's close to Dom colors. It's not exactly. It's almost like a lavender. But anyways, I think they're pretty awesome. It's too bad we didn't see them. In greater combat, it would have been cool if they had like a I don't know a sub boss kind of scene, but they don't last too long in battle. But they're always yeah, they, cool when we saw them. They're almost like I don't know back whenever you know they were doing test flights with the uh, the Opsilus prototypes.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were pretty much escort for the Opstalis sort of at all stages of this show. They do get shot out of the sky. At, at, well, after the Kurgreen gets shot out of the sky, the good flight types you know come out of it still sort of intact they're they're a little beat up but then the sniper yeah. just shoots the the goof flight type out of the sky or just like pierces right through the the cockpit which is pretty sad but yeah so i was going to note the reason i wanted to bring the suit up is the short film i believe features the goof flight type uh in action in combat against the 18 uh. so for those of you who have not seen the short film uh, that was released with the blu-ray box set uh, you should go check it out it's probably you know I won't tell you where to get it, but you can probably do some sleuthing and uh, and find it yeah. fairly easy.
1: <laughs> in the corners of the internet,
0: yes. it's waiting in, for you. In the, in the very <laughs> public corners of the internet. Yeah. Um, so definitely something to check out if, you, if you're if you a fan of the good flight type like Isaac. He's probably yeah. going to go watch it right after this.
1: Probably. Probably <laughs> and then order a, order a Master Grade.
0: <laughs> I don't think they make
1: a Master Grade. Probably not, because it's it's such a niche gun. It's such a niche goof, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I think a uh, high grade. Let me yeah, see. you know what that means, Brian. We got a kit bash it from a <laughs> from a goof mask <laughs> kit.
0: kit bash it. Oh uh, yeah,
1: Would you get it? I see. I can see you having one of these.
0: Um, I would definitely get a goof Flight type to put in my yeah. like eighth MS team display.
1: Well, there you go. Damn. Yeah. Although. Oh,
0: before I bought a Goof flight type, I would need to buy a GUF custom.
1: Ah, uh, the GUF custom. I
0: mean,
1: what is there to say about this mobile suit, Brian? But that they took the GUF and they improved almost everything about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I ranted and raved about the GUF custom on our top five one year war suit list. So again, I won't I won't go on at length about it. But man, what a cool suit! Just from the color scheme the the interplay between the blue and the blacks, uh, the the enormous Gatling gun, the super cool saber, which by the way Norris uses to great effect in killing all those gun cannons, especially that one shot that's really uh, that's used a lot in the promos where he oh, stands God. right yeah where he stands right above the or did I say gun cannons I meant gun tanks
1: yeah, where he stands gun
0: right guns. right above the gun tank and he shoves the sword into the like. Down into the gun tank through the head, and it splat. Like, yeah, the the oil or whatever it is splatters on his goof's face, and uh, it's super cool. He like twists the sword to, to to let you know that whoever was in that gun tank is no longer alive.
1: Yeah, God that was so brutal. The way they substituted substituted oil for blood. <laughs>
0: yeah, great, great art direction. Whoever was responsible for that, ten out of ten.
1: I don't think I'd buy it. Just because it looks too much like the original Goof, but it was arguably the deadliest mobile suit on the show, <laughs> to an extent.
0: Yeah, on right? the Xeon side. Mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> if Norris really showed up the Eighth Team. I mean, they really couldn't stop him. If he if he wanted to take him on head on, they probably would have died. If 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 that was his goal instead of destroying the gun tanks, right? He had a he had one thing in mind. It wasn't to kill the Eighth Team. They're lucky
1: you know what those gun tank pilots <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure the final thoughts were man i wish the eighth A- team was better <laughs>
0: <laughs> or or they could have just rolled away you know instead of just clearly there. They had order
1: <laughs> <laughs> clearly that strict order from ryer you have to be in the city ready to stand there.
0: using your cannons <laughs> yeah um and then last but not least and i know we said we we went over the easy eight first is is the quote the star of the show, but maybe the real star of the show is the Opus.
1: You know, it's interesting, Brian. We see an Opus One, right, which is kind mm-hmm. of the more spherical version. Yeah. And we see an Opus Three, but mm-hmm. they kind of skipped the Opus Two.
0: <laughs> Did you notice that? Um, you know, so it's it's been a while since I watched this series, and on the rewatch, I specifically looked for that because I remember always, you know, reading over the years perusing the uh, the mecha files. I always remember seeing Opslus 1, Opslus 2, and Opslus 3. And um, you're right. I, I could not pinpoint you know while watching the show, which sometimes maybe it's hard. You know, mobile suits move fast. Yeah. Uh, maybe you don't catch all the details. But I, I agree I could not pinpoint the the point. When we moved from Opslus One to, to Ops Two, you clearly you can see the difference between Opslus one and Opslus three. Right. But uh Opsilus two was that sort of like the mid-ish episodes? Maybe like this. Was that the snow obsoles? How? That looks the same as the Opsilus 1. I I I felt the same.
1: I pull a picture here. <laughs> the whole cause of this is Guineas in like the red tape, right? Like he's just following Xeon protocol. And it's like, uh, all right, they <laughs> wanted a number three. So, oh, we made a number two. <laughs> <laughs> he's just skipping a step by naming
0: it obsoles 3. Oh, you know what? The wiki says it's a refitted version of the Opsilus 1 with a mega particle cannon. Mm, okay. So, they, I, I think it's literally just the same thing, just repaired. Okay. And, and with, a, with a cannon installed.
1: Well, alright. <laughs> what did you think of the overall design of the Opsilus?
0: Uh, I liked it. I thought it was really imposing. I loved sort of just like the spikiness, I guess that's what I would call it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the one thing I do not get is I don't understand why it really needs a head.
1: Oh, my God. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> that was going to be one of my points.
0: <laughs> why
1: is there just the tiniest Zaku head and these are like it's its football pad shoulder. <laughs> it's football shoulder pads. You know, it's getting ready to go charge alignment or something. Why does it, <laughs> why did it need that tiny head? Can't you just slap the Mono Y into like a little, I don't know, visor section or something?
0: you you're not wrong i wonder if they did it on purpose to make it seem yes uh, different like give it different proportions from a lot of the mobile armors that we've seen especially in the original series which maybe had you know as the mobile armor got bigger the head got bigger with it and maybe some of them look kind of 70s ish in retrospect this one because the head is so tiny i agree it it gives it a uh, a sort of football vibe which i think it changes the silhouette and makes it seem maybe bigger than it really is. I don't know, what do you think?
1: Well, my headcanon is that this design with the um the Zaku head it really reflects more that Xeon's really on a shoestring budget at this point. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. at the point where for this secret weapon, this powerful project that to an extent, might have been forgot about. You know, Zeon's really focused on just surviving at this point. They're at the point where Guineas might not be getting regular supply shipments anymore. He has limited resources, so he's forced to really use Azaku's head and um, you know mono eye as the uh, as really the the visual sensor of this whole mobile armor. So that's that's the reasoning, I think, for why it's there. Because no matter what mobile armor you're looking at outside of the Opsilus, Xeon has never slapped a DOM or a guff or, or whatever head on it to just be its, its optical sensor.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I will accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I will accept that explanation. Um, it, the, the thing I like, too, about Opsilus is, you know, a lot of the mobile armors that we've seen they all had like a gimmick, right? Like some of them that Amro fought. Some of them had bits. Or Zeong yeah. had those weird finger cannons. You know, some of the other mobile armors, they had spikes and wire-guided things. Yeah. This one, I like Opsilus because it's straight up a flying mobile particle cannon. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't beat around the bush, right? When you look at the Opsilus, you look go, oh, there's a giant cannon in the middle of it. And it's going to shoot me. <laughs> And that's all you really need to know about Opuslas.
1: Like the beam that comes out of it exceeds the circumference of the circle. <laughs> so you can like look at it and see, oh, you know, I really just need to dodge like you know this circle in the middle. No, 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 that's going to balloon <laughs> as it leaves the uh, as it leaves the the focal point of the beam and just it's like the solar system of of mobile armor <laughs> because you you think you're out of range of it or you know you're going to be safe but no the beam will hit you
0: anyway and it makes sense in the context of the show in the simulation they show that the obsoles is meant to attack from out of the atmosphere to, to attack jabra right. so it literally has one job and that's why it looks the way it does like it's meant to be this mobile thing that flies up you know into the atmosphere so no one can see it, and then come down and just a surprise mega-particle attack on Jabro. Um, and, and this design reflects that. So I, I, I like it, um, besides the awkward Zaku head. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think the spindly leg part, you know, when it's deployed and set up, that looks not, I wouldn't say silly, but it definitely shows it kind of unstable in a way. Um, I forgot what they said is actually inside the spheres. Maybe it was some kind of appellant or something.
0: But, yeah, I assumed um, like a cooling.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I'm kind of glad that you know the spikes didn't start flying around and like, you know that we came another threat or something like that or points on the each side were you know little turrets or something. <laughs> yeah, it's good that is it, it was just very much like a final boss. You know, it shows up. It's got a big super laser, and th- this is it. This is the end of the show. This is what you got to
0: fight. Yeah, and I like. As a final boss, I like that it used its laser many times. You yeah. know, we got to see the destruction because sometimes the bad guys, you know, they get defeated b- before they do the thing right. <laughs> Not the Obsliss. Uh, it, it caused quite the quite the destruction. Yeah, uh, on its way out.
1: So. <laughs> to Guineas' credit, I mean, he gave Aina a lot of time to do her little peace treaty, you know, ceasefire, right? for like half of an episode almost he felt like he was sitting in the cockpit like just yelling at her like what are you doing like what you really think they're gonna listen to you and have peace you know, we need to
0: go we need to,
1: <laughs> we should open the fire
0: yeah well he did the thing and got Yuri's troops killed so so uh I think that wraps up our the mecca in this show any cool things things you noticed that you want to mention before we get to our rating?
1: I'll say this about the intro. The intro shows a lot of cool things that sort of... They expand upon how you'd visualize the war on Earth, right? They show a lot more of the infantry actions. We see some of those Federation double barrel tanks. So I, I almost would have liked to see a bit more of that in the show itself. I know we had to stay with the, the whole unit, the, the, the 8th MS team. But it would have been cool to see a little bit more of the uh, the other happenings on the ground with infantry units or tank units even, maybe. But, you know, definitely something that could happen in future
0: side stories. Um, Some things I noticed I wanted to bring up, just that I thought they were cool. They weren't like, you know, plot changing or story changing or anything. But I like that this show showed how mobile suits pick up and use weapons with the little connectors that lock in from the hands to the weapons. I thought that was cool and a good way to, like, bring some sense (laughs) of, like, realism to how, you know, how these things grab stuff.
1: And explain why that why they're on models. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something I thought was cool. We saw a lot of like mobile suit maintenance in this show. Definitely at the base, uh, and then also in like the desert area when Shiro's uh, foot broke down and they had they'd, like changed the filter on it. There was when Shiro's Gundam like wouldn't start up. He needed some fuses from Aina. I think that was in the snow episodes. And it also showed that like the fuses that they were using between these mobile suits were kind of modular, right? Like Ina took some from the obsolete to give them to the to the Gundam, and they worked. So I thought that was kind of neat. Oh, there was a mention in the very beginning of like the fourth team, and I wondered like, oh, is that the same Immortal Fourth Team from Double Eighty Three? But for those wondering, <laughs> I looked it up. I looked it up, and it's not the same. It's not the same fourth team. Just a just a common common numbering <laughs> system. So, of course. Um, Oh it did it showed us touch screens on the cockpit screens which I thought was neat we hadn't seen those I don't think we'd seen those before maybe but I think in the few you know if they make this Gundam live action movie we're definitely getting touch screens all over the monitors don't you think I think we'll see
1: a mix I think we'll definitely have some hard buttons but um I think it's it's hard not to sort of you know update technology to match how our technology is now Right, yeah. like you know, in any Star Trek movie that was made recently, you know it it looks very different than the '60s version when the series <laughs> originally was made. So anything Gundam in a movie will look very different than when the animated series was made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree. At least, at least in terms of consoles. So we'll say that, Brian. It's time for our
0: rating with the horrors. Oh boy! Do you want to give your rating first? Should I? I'll do it.
1: All right. Gonna 8th MS team. I give it, hmm, you know what? You almost have to view it as a different ranking system in a way, or at least view um, as a side story than a a full series. So for that said, for having great battles, a great pacing in the story, and uh, really good characters that were well-written, I'm going to give it four out of five horrors
0: well I and you know maybe I'm spoiling my uh my rating a little bit because I already called this out on my top five uh, <laughs> series shows so you know my rating's gonna be pretty high so my rating is gonna be nine out I'm gonna keep my 10 scale I'm gonna go nine out of ten horrors here
1: nine uh, out of ten wow
0: yeah <laughs> I just really like this show I thought it was a great it was focused uh it was grounded uh, as much as you can be with with giant robots it had I liked pretty much the whole, uh, you know, 8th MS team. I thought they were all good characters. They all had good backstories that were introduced subtly enough to not be overly exposition-y. They had a believable romance, even if it started a little quick. While they didn't have, you know, a million mobile suits in it, the the unique ones that it did have were great and very memorable, and people still enjoy them today. Brisk pacing, focused plot had what I thought was a good resolution that was not just, you know, good guys win and they go home. Um, I thought all the characters grew. And uh, very memorable. So I really enjoyed it. I think it holds up pretty well. And you can watch this show. It's on, It's available on Hulu. Uh, I think that's probably the only streaming service it's available on. I can't remember if it's on any others, but definitely check around. It might be on Crunchyroll as well or Funimation. Uh, it's definitely not on Netflix, but you can watch it on Hulu. So 9 out of 10 Haros. I'm, st- I'm sticking with it.
1: You've heard our scores, listeners. Now it's time for you to check out the series if you haven't seen it, or comment below and tell us what you thought about the 8th MS team, how it compares to other Gundam series, uh, what you liked about it, what you didn't, and maybe favorite scenes, favorite characters.
0: Yeah, let us know. So hit that like button, subscribe, and you can send us comments on YouTube or on Twitter at Colony Dropcast. See you next week. Bye, take care.